Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in High Fidelity. Challenging, thought-provoking, insightful. This is God in Country, the collision of faith and politics. Hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical Rev. Dr. Sean is a proud military veteran, former law enforcement officer, and founder of the internationally regarded Executive Protection Team. Through counseling, elite life coaching, and national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This series is biblically and politically engaged with the pedal to the metal. With today's edition of God in Country, here is host and author of the acclaimed yet controversial book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Well, how is everybody today? I'll wait for everybody to answer. Well, everybody must be well then. Everybody must be well. Hey, listen, uh, those of you listening out there, if you would shoot me a sound check, let me know uh, how we're sounding here. We're trying a couple different settings today, and I want to make sure that your listening pleasure is achieved. Not like halfway, not 75%, uh, like 180%. So today's show, uh, <laughs> I have a few bullet points. And, and look, you know, as I said in the advertisements, they're they're just eating at my gut, and I got to get it out. It's, it's like detox, right? You got to get that. You got to get to you detox. You like stuff they put on your feet, or like uh, what's that called? Uh, the 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 uh, Vicks. Thank you, Steve from Ohio says the sound is good. Thank you. The Vicks vapor rub. You put it on your. Uh, Real wise person told me one time, you put that on the bottom of your feet. So, uh, yeah, it's like a detox or, or uh, you know, the foot bath. You put your feet in the foot bath. And by the way, chat is open, so let her rip. Um, you know, detox, you, gotta, you just got to get it out of you, you know. And you guys, quite frankly, you could be my uh, wool socks, really? Wool socks or a detox? No way. Did not know that. You would know medical personal on the phone here. Uh, so you guys can be like therapy for me if you listen, you know, if you're listening, you're sharing and you'll be helping me, which what could feel better than that to help me? You know, I need a lot of help. What? Oh, you put Vicks on, then the wool socks. Okay, folks, this is free of charge and no cost obligation to you. Also a medical advice uh, show. What else can I advise on? Gosh, just, who knows? You know, let's make this thing worth it. Um, So what I have to get out of me is, and I have to talk about this, the Ohio State University active shooting with a car and a machete and a Muslim. Well, thank God he didn't have a gun. Thank God he did not have a gun. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's just for reals. What if he'd had a gun? My goodness. That would have been bad, right? If he had a gun. I'm going to elaborate on the injured British Ohio State. Uh, it's a high capacity car and knife. Yes, absolutely. Oatmeal is detox. That's right. There we go. See, the, the information is flowing in, flowing in just super fast. So I, I don't know how many of you watched the, uh, the I think it was yesterday, the um, 
was something my buddy put up a Christmas tree. It was quite a thing. I can't do puzzles since my brain injury. So Christmas trees are kind of like puzzles, but I enjoy doing it. I don't have, I don't know how it looks, you know, hopefully they fixed it up and made it look good. But so this was on when, when, you know, we were, we were in middle, you know, we were in the middle lane getting this done, fast lane getting this done. And so this comes on and, and it's the Brit, it, this guy's British, the, uh, the Ohio state university professor. Uh, he's British, obviously. And he was absolutely delusional. He was delusional, just out his mind. So I'm going to talk about that delusional behavior at this news conference. Somebody should have kind of leaned, leaned over to him and, and stopped him. But then what I found out now, you guys know my dog who is right, right behind me. Uh, her name is Buckeye. The reason her name is Buckeye is because of the Ohio State Buckeyes, big fans of the Buckeyes and, and uh, lived, lived in the Buckeye State. Uh, worked there and did some different things there. My family's from there. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're huge Buckeye fans, my best friends and alum. And uh, so we, we went, uh, my childhood best friend, he, he went there, you know, he was a year ahead of me in high school and never did leave. So, um, <laughs> so, so my dog's name is Buck. So I, you know, I'm into, I'm into Ohio state. I got a lot of Ohio state stuff swag and uh i just have to tell you you know the more i learned about what's going on at the ohio state university they have a great football team and they have a lot of great stuff and a lot of great classes and teachers and majors and all that stuff but i have to be real honest with you um there's a hashtag going around buckeye strong my dog's looking at me buckeye's looking at me She's going, what, Daddy? I am strong. I'm fast and strong. <laughs> so Buckeye Strong, hashtag Buckeye Strong. It isn't what you think, and, and it actually makes you less safe. I'm going to talk about this. i got to get it out of me. You know, i got to get it out of me. I can't, I can't leave it in. How many of you, how many of you are, are sick of this? Anybody? Is anybody sick of this? I'm, I'm sick of it. I'm very, very sick of it. I'm done with them. I'm done with all of this political correctness. And so I don't know that anybody really would have ever called me politically correct, but maybe they would have. I don't know. But, uh, oh, also, hey, speaking of politically incorrect, we're going to talk a little Fidel, Fidel Castro and the tale of two presidents. We're going to talk about union strikes during the Christmas season. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. The other thing we got to talk about is Dr. Jill Stein. She's an MD, you know. Uh, she she is a former presidential candidate for the Green Party. Now the Green Party is disavowing. But, you know, she's wanting to do this uh, big recount, right? She's raised Soros money, although she was on, uh, I think it was Fox News the other day. And... Um, she denied that. She said, well, he may have given money, but he couldn't have given more than $2,700 because that's the limit. So kind of weird. You know, it's just a weird, she's a, she's an odd bird. So hopefully her practice is strong. Her medical practice is strong because she doesn't do any favors for herself on television or the TV. So anyway, what, you know, I'm going to talk about her recount. If we can get to it, I'm going to talk about her recount ambitions, what's really behind it, what she really wants to do. And it doesn't have anything to do with math or justice or elections 
or anything of the sort. Nothing at all. So while my buddy and I were putting up this tree, we hear uh, we hear they're going to have a news conference and they're going to have one of the victims uh, who, who happened to be a professor. And he, you know, he got he gets hit by the car and gets cut up pretty bad. And but, you know, he's good enough. For he, you know, he can go do this news conference and everything. And uh, we are we're doing this and we're listening. And my buddy's like, can you believe that? Can you believe that? I mean, we're talking mad. Straight up angry. Because we're hearing this guy and we're thinking, what's wrong with this man? Maybe he's on drugs. You know, medical drugs. Like a little fentanyl. And maybe he's in pain. I don't know what. Fentanyl seems a little strong. I caught myself on my leg. I hit by a car. So he was clearly concussed. No doubt about it. So this guy... It's just going on and on, and uh, I, I just don't know what to say. I, I, you know, I'm listening to him, and I'm not really understanding what he's saying because what he's saying is is insane. It's just insane. No offense, but it was insane. And I know you guys know this. You guys know this. You you hear stuff and you think, what? No, what's wrong with this guy? But then we kind of blow it off. You know, we're like, well, you know, I don't know. He just got hurt. Well, hey, wait a second. Maybe I'm maybe I'm assuming too much. Hey, did you guys know that there was a tragic, not terrorist, accidental attack with a gun at the Ohio State without a gun? The Ohio State University in Columbus, Ohio. Yes, it was a gun violence attack without a gun. Maybe former vice president candidate and present idiot Tim Kaine thought the white police officer with the gun shot down the poor black Somali immigrant refugee because he was black. By the way, you're welcome, Catholic Charities. You made $5,000 on uh, bringing him into this country. Did you guys know that? Go back. Uh, go to drshawngreener.com or the ninjapastor.com. Go to that and, and go to the, uh, the shows. You can look at that. And you... Uh, <laughs> You can, you can listen to the show I did with uh, Jim Simpson. He's a renowned expert on uh, immigration. Uh, it's just a farce. If you listen to it, you'll hear it. And Catholic Charities gets gets five thousand dollars per immigrant. All of those organizations that aren't really Christian religious organizations, they're they're just they're manipulating the five hundred one c three and the secrecy, separation of church and state, and all that. Blah blah blah. Well, they made five grand. They get five grand. They brought him in. Uh, he's gone to the Ohio State University for free. He went to Columbus State for free. Ah, you just, I'm, this is not working. This detox is not helping yet because I'm just getting madder. Uh, so, so Virginia Senator Tim Kaine, former, uh, this is according to Valerie Richardson, and, and I looked at the tweet my own self from the Washington Times. She, she put this out November 29th. So Virginia Senator Tim Kaine said Monday he was saddened by the senseless act of gun violence at Ohio State University. First of all, it's the Ohio State University, even though the attacker used a butcher knife in a car. Mr. Kaine, who ran on the 2016 Democratic ticket with presidential nominee Hillary Clinton, was accused of pushing a gun control agenda even after his Twitter post 
blamed firearms for the siege, even though he didn't have. Now, let me let me say this. Some folks have asked me, why didn't you take down your posts that had, you know, gun uh, gun attack? Here's what here's what we did. We used um, some of the different aggregators that that I, that feed me my stuff. The people I trust. Um, we we snippet the headline that's going out, and we use that. And then if you read, if you click on the the article, you'll see that uh, it's unclear of whether or not a gun was actually used or possessed, or whether or not the police were the only ones that had it. So that we do that on purpose because we knew that we have a show today to do where we're going to talk about that. One of the aggregators, by the way, is Pamela Geller, and I have a uh, complete trust in Pamela's information. So. But anyway, in those, it points out, look, you know, there's no gun. So, oh, there was a gun in the, in the police officer's hand, and he knew how to use it, did very, very well, and dropped the dude. Even though he was white, the Somali dude, we could say he's black. I don't know. He, oh, 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 I'm sorry. I forgot to give you the really important information. The CNN and MSNBC uh, talking heads they said that they already have it clear that this is a homegrown terrorist, that this doesn't, he's here legally, he's, he's, he is a legal citizen, uh, full-on citizen, and, and no, it's not an Islam thing or anything like that. Well, they knew that right away because they're super smart over there at the CNN. So 11 people were injured in this rampage, and he's Somali-born, by the way, Abdul Razak Ali Artan. And he drives into this crowd on the sidewalk. And, and then he, what happens is, what had happened was, you see, at that particular time, ATPT, uh, he, he runs in, he, he jumps the curb. His, his game plan was fire alarm, move the people outside. Everybody's outside standing right there. Step on the gas, wham. And, and there you have it. Right? That's how, that's how it goes now. That was his game plan. Just FYI. I don't know if you've connected the dots. Police officers there investigating uh, this issue, he's, he's right down the street. He reacts extremely quickly. Uh, and then he gets there, sees what's happening. Now, what is happening when he gets there? Well, the Somali-born student, Abdul Razak Ali Artan, drives into a crowd. He, he drives in this crowd. He jumps the, jumps the curb. He hits a bunch of people. But then he, then he hits a, a planter, this big concrete planter. And that stops him because he can't. Come on, you can't. What are you going to do against a planner, for Pete's sake? A big concrete thing. And we're not talking a small thing. So it stops him. Well, he had a game plan. He wasn't like, oh, darn. I stopped way too soon. So he grabs his butcher knife or machete, whichever you want to believe. Grabs that because they love to cut people. The Muslims love to cut people. Remember that little thing I talked about several months ago where I said, yeah, you know, it's a gun thing, right? Sure it is. Sure, sure it is. Why not? Why not a gun thing? Let's make it a gun thing. Well, the only problem with that is I said, hey, don't get too hung up on the gun thing because they love knives and they love cars. And you see what's happening over in Israel right now. They're using cars, they're using knives, and they are using fire because they are chumps that we need to exterminate. That's the bottom line. You know, these people do things like this. Just a just a, a, a smudge. Make them a smudge. So what happened? Uh, you know, the, the Ohio State police officer, which they have a very advanced police force there, the Ohio State University, 
uh, in Columbus, Ohio, extremely advanced police agency. In fact, if you're going to be a police officer and you live in that area of the country, they have some of the best training, some of the best equipment, and some of the best people. They really are extraordinarily well trained. And I don't have a lot of good to say usually about university police agencies, not because the police officers aren't awesome, but because their bosses are ultra liberal wing nuts who they don't, they're telling these police officers what they can and can't do. And they make the rules and, you know, you can't even, by the way, University of Delaware, uh, back when I was doing executive protection, executiveprotectionteam.com, uh, when I was doing that, uh, I had a very, very high profile uh, person who was going to do a CNN debate. And it was going to be aired internationally, but uh, it was held there at the University of Delaware. And, and they they uh, wanted to disarm me. They said, you know, they weren't successful, by the way. Um, but they said, yeah, you can't even you can't even carry a gun um, in your car driving through campus. You're that's you're not allowed to do that. I said, well, you know, did you rewrite the Constitution here at the University of Delaware or, you know, how, how are we doing? Oh, well, you know, your protectee will be very safe. Meanwhile, they're tripping over stuff in the back in the dark because they didn't have a little flashlight that had a little red lens on it. So it doesn't mess up your I mean, it, it's ridiculous. But but there's a lot of great police officers who are police officers on university police agencies and, and they have a tough job dealing with a bunch of drunk kids, a bunch of crybabies and hashtag safe space sissies running around whining about fake nooses and racism and, you know, puking in the hallways and all this mess. I mean, it's just. Come on now, it's a tough job. And uh, but but the Ohio State uh, police officer, Alan Haruchko, uh, white guy. I want to point that out. He's a white guy. I had to say it. I hate to be you know politically correct, but he's a white guy. And I don't know if I've mentioned this, but Somalis for the most part are described as black people. Oh, I'm sorry, African American. And so. Um, yeah, so he came up, fired his gun. I think he discharged three rounds, and uh, believe I believe he was successful in all three rounds, and good for him. But uh, <laughs> so Tim Kaine, he's blasted by the people who are charging him with trying to politicize the trash. Really, really. Before we know all the facts, right? How come it is if we're talking about guns or white racists? or white racist cops, we don't have to wait for any facts to come out. If you're on the left, no, it's gun violence, senseless gun violence, uh, whatever, uh, you know, racism, institutional racism, whatever. They say that stuff right away. I mean, they don't even wait around. But we, on the other hand, we're told now, let's wait, let's wait. Yes, I know he had a Muslim sounding name, but that doesn't mean Oh, he got out of the car screaming, Alu Akbar. Oh, and he had a Facebook post. <laughs> I love it. Steve from Ohio. Let's not jump to conclude. And it's Muslims. You know, that's the thing. I mean, it's, it's, we're told, no, don't jump to conclusions. Don't, I'll talk more about that kind of stuff here in a minute. But the only guns used in this successfully, I might add, were by the police officer. And then Rick Moore said on Twitter, try and confirm. Now he says this directly to Tim Kaine. Try and confirm before you politicize. Now, this is the part that makes me super mad. So you might notice, uh, what is it? I, what do I have to do? I have to eat oatmeal in order to detox? I'm not sure. Drink a lot of water. I'm drinking tea. I'm drinking. Now, you guys poke fun. 
I'm drinking Lady Grey tea that my son brought me with a little bit of honey. We're going to go with more honey next time, I think. Just a little bit more, maybe double it up. But it is awesome. It's really good. So thank you, Doyle. So <laughs> I'm not going to be able to get through this. I mean, come on. Ohio. <sighs> Deep breath, Sean. Deep breath. Just take it easy. Breathe deep. Don't blow your lid. <sighs> Agave nectar works better in tea. Yes, we have some of that. Might have to try some. Although it tastes like butt a little bit. Not that I know. But uh, oof, I'm just not sure. All right. Let's just do it. Let's just jump in. See if I can say it. I'm not sure I can. Ohio State University urges compassion for Muslim terrorists who attack students. Oh. Oh, that's hard to get through. ISIS, claim, mm, 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 mm. ISIS claims responsibility for Ohio State attack. So we know that ISIS says, hey, you know, we're in. He's one of our soldiers. Now we're going to talk a little bit about how we get things jacked up uh, just a little bit. Uh, we sometimes respond in a certain way. Well, let me say this. ISIS will claim anytime anybody does anything that harms America and their Muslim, they will claim responsibility. They absolutely will. However, that doesn't make a difference. Not a hill of beans. Doesn't make a hill of, not a hill of beans difference. Not even a tiny bit. I'm going to explain why. Even if he never talked to anybody from ISIS, even if he never, not, it, that doesn't matter. ISIS claiming responsibility should tell you something. Uh, Islamic State are the first two letters there. So you can't be in if you're not Islamic. So Columbus City Council President. Now, let me say this. There are two places in the country with a high concentration of Somali immigrants. Where are they? Twin Cities in, in Minnesota, where my good friend Chris Cahalan is undergoing uh, chemotherapy. You guys have prayed for him before, pray for him again. He's an awesome dude, and and uh, love that dude, man. He's just a great, great guy, and a great family man, and and uh, just a good dude all the way around. And so he's he's in the thick of it. So pray for him. He needs your prayers. Also for Carson, by the way, and my buddy Eric, and and my buddy Don, and and so many others. You know, they're going through so many things. It's it's a tough it's a tough life, man. Tough life. So Columbus City Council President Zach Klein speaks alongside this. There's a there's a photograph of this. Uh, speaks alongside Muslim faith leaders at the Ibnu Taymiya Masjid and Islamic Center during a news conference Tuesday in Columbus, Ohio. Now, why? Why is he there? Because Columbus, Ohio has the second highest concentration of Somali. Air quotes. Totally kidding about the quotes because a quote should indicate some authenticity then there is none. They are not refugees. So Somalis aren't nice people. I'm just, I'm just going to put that out to you that, you know, the ones coming over here, they're not nice people. We'll talk about that in a second. 
So he, they're doing a news conference there Tuesday in Columbus following an attack at the Ohio State University campus the previous day. Investigators are looking into whether a car and knife attack at Ohio State University that injured several people was an act of terror by a student who had once criticized the media for its portrayal of Muslims. Now, why was he? Because he was saying, you people say we're violent. We're not violent. All right, I'm so mad. I'm going to get in a car and I'm going to get a knife and I'm going to drive and I'm going to hit everybody and kill as many as I can, maybe a billion people by his own words. It's not a great counter, I don't think, but, um, and I'm going to kill as many uh, infidel as I can. So this is what he wanted to do. So, so we knew that investigators, they weren't looking into whether or not a car and knife attack. Now they would have rather written gun attack, just so you know that they kills them to write car and knife. Although now they're going to regulate cars. They'll put like a soft bumper. They'll put, you know, knives. You'll have to have like fingerprint identification just to use. Hey, who knows? It's stupid. So we knew. We knew this. But but this is this is a guy who criticized the media for its portrayal of Muslims. The media, right? This is how far gone this guy is. He thinks the media is his enemy when, oh, man, you don't even know. So <laughs> this is from the Columbus Dispatch and Associated Press reports, the Islamic State's Amach news agency, which they have a news agency, okay? ISIS has a news agency. You got to deal with that. And I'm going to be honest with you, you know, the fact that they have a news agency is despicable. It's despicable. You know, they, you know, they have a magazine. Come on. We can't, we can't erase these people. So the Islamic State's Amach news agency stated that the attack on Ohio State's campus was perpetrated by a soldier of the Islamic State, according to the site intelligent group, which monitors statements put out by extremists. Authorities are investigating a Facebook post they believe 18-year-old Abdul Razak Ali Artan wrote before the attack. In it, he criticized the United States for interfering in other countries and said that if you want us Muslims to stop carrying lone wolf attacks, then make peace. Okay. Okay, breathe, breathe, breathe. Deep breath. Breathe in. Breathe out. Breathe in. Breathe out. Okay. Let's analyze this statement just a little bit for your listening pleasure. I'm going to read this again. In it, he criticized the United States for interfering in other countries and said that if you want us Muslims to stop carrying lone wolf attacks, then make peace. Okay. Now, the dude just wants peace. Can't you read? He said he wants peace. He said he wants peace. Why can't we listen to the guy? He said they're peaceful. They're peaceful people. They want peace. Look, if you want us to stop killing you and bombing you and cutting your heads off and driving over top of your kids at school and then hacking them to bits or setting fires and stuff, hey, we're peaceful. Just then make peace with us. Well, what does peace mean to a Muslim? This is what I'm trying to explain to everyone that I know whenever I go give a speech, which you know, feel free to go to drshawngreener.com or the ninjapastor.com. And um, all you have to do 
is if you want me to come speak to your uh your uh your organization whatever it is church whatever um that's how you get a hold of us and then the, the booking agent will will deal with all that anyway so the point is he says if you want us muslims to stop carrying lone wolf attacks then make peace well what does peace mean to a muslim who are the bad guys and who are the good guys to muslims who are innocent and who are not you see is and i've talked about this on the show many times before and we've had many great guests sebastian dr sebastian gorka he'll be on again um he's explained to you and i've explained to you and other international experts on on islam have explained to you that look it doesn't work that way it, this is not what when you see the word peace p-e-a-c-e what you meet what you need to read is that either all infidels are dead or now this is a big or okay this is gonna be a big or for you either it means all infidels are dead as a result of them being killed by the way by Muslims or or we just comply we do we do everything that they say and even then now, a lot of people give uh, an excuse. They say, well, it's not just the Muslims because uh, it's not a Muslim thing because um, they kill as many Muslims as they, in fact, more Muslims die at the hand of Muslims than, than non-Muslims. So, you see there, see, you hate monger, you don't even know anything. This is what they say. I don't know if that's their voice, but I'm imagining. That's their voice. Sure, Helen, that's how they talk. <laughs> uh, you know, my buddy Steve from Ohio, he, he posts this in, in the chat, which our chat is very vibrant. Um, you know, they, Muslims tell us that they want peace, right? This is what they say. Everybody put their guns down. Now, I'm going to say this. If Muslims put their guns down, they don't, they stop killing people, stop hurting people, we have peace. Now, if Israel puts their weapons down, the very next day, we have genocide against Israel. Same way here, folks. We're in the same, we're in the same boat. We just don't know it yet. Peace, peace is not the the concept of peace is not what you think it is. So when peace comes out of your mouth, you're thinking that it means something that it totally doesn't. It doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean what you think it means. That word, you keep using that word. I don't think you I don't think it means what you think it means. So the problem is, and here's the really big problem. We read peace and we stop in our tracks and go, well, they're just like us. They're just like us. So this dead terrorist says, America, stop interfering with other countries, especially the Muslim Imam. We are not weak. We are not weak. Remember that. He wrote using the Arabic term for the world's Muslim community, Ummah. Every single Muslim who disapproves of my actions is a sleeper cell, waiting for a signal. I am warning you, O America, Artan also wrote. The posts were recounted by law enforcement official who was briefed on the investigation but was not authorized to discuss it publicly and spoke to the Associated Press on condition of anonymity. Here is the part that makes me really, really mad. 
It's going to make you mad too, by the way. So, so, so the guy during the the uh, the news conference, the, the victim and the professor, right? He's from Great Britain, but he's an Ohio State University professor. Taught a class, came outside, sees this happen, gets hit by the car, gets dragged a little bit, gets some serious cuts, maybe some almost broken bones, you know, banged up, probably concussed a little bit. And he's asked, you know, what do you think about this, this guy, this, well, you know, I don't have all the facts and I don't think, you know, we should, we should be so quick to, to make a judgment. I mean, his family is hurting. Uh, he is after all a Buckeye. He's one of us. Did you hear that part? He's, he's one of us. He's a Buckeye. He's an Ohio State student. And we need to think about his family. We need to think about him. And we don't know what, what motivated this. We don't know what happened, but, you know, sure was lucky that he he hit that. Uh, he didn't intend, obviously, to hit that, that planter, that concrete planter, but that stopped him. And then, he, you know, he got out with the knife and, you know, did what he did. So I don't think the guy, you know, we have to find out why he did it. We have to find out why he did it. We need to understand. We need to understand what was going through his mind and what else could have been troubling him. You see, you know, he kept talking about how, you know, he was a Buckeye. And, and that struck me, you know, because remember Boston Strong? Well, now we have uh, Buckeye Strong. Hashtag Buckeye Strong. You know, it's it's Buckeye first, terrorist second. So we're gonna we're gonna separate that. We're gonna separate that, and we're gonna say, okay, look, first and foremost, he is a Buckeye, and we need to treat him that way. He's an Ohio State student. We need to treat him with respect and dignity, and blah blah blah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you. This is what the guy said. I hope he was on fentanyl. He seemed pretty articulate. He seemed like he wasn't, uh, you know, high. But this is what he says. He says, you know, we need to think about that. We need to, you know, until we have all the facts, we, we don't need to say what it is. He's just a kid. He, he went to college and, you know, just a kid. He's trying to find his way. You know? He's involved with us here at, Ohio State University, you know, and we, we, he's, he's, he actually said this, he's family. Okay. Look, and I, and I was really mad. I thought, man, I'm really disappointed in my Buckeyes. They just beat Michigan in a, in a double overtime, great win on Saturday. And I was really excited about that, but here we go with this. And I'm really upset. And I said, nah, but he's got to be, you know, it's Ohio. It's middle of the country, right? Corn fed folk. But see, even though I wrote a book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, and one of the chapters I talk about the American education system, and I talk throughout the book about how it's been co-opted by liberals. Even though I wrote the book, I forgot for a half a second, doesn't matter where the school is. It does not matter where the school is. It doesn't matter the location of the school. What matters is it's a school. And if it's a public university, guess what? It's going to be crazy liberal. 
So sympathy for a supremacist slaughter, but no sympathy for police officers, Jews, victims of jihad, slaves of Muslim overlords in Muslim countries like Mauritania, etc. By the way, I got offered a, uh, a protection job in Mauritania. And uh, it, the, the problem they had was it was regularly, I, I kid you not, it was regularly 127 degrees. Real degrees, 127. And it was to protect these uh, these oil uh, executives that are there. And they kept getting killed by the Muslims. What can I tell you? I don't know. You know they, they wanted us to protect them. They had very specific requirements. They wanted they wanted uh, they wanted two black female former Secret Service agents that spoke the native language fluently. This is what they wanted, and they needed they specified dark skin. Yeah, we'll help you on that. Maybe another time, not ever. So, unless your child needs a specific education, legal, medical, science, don't send them to college. Look, I have 11 years of postgraduate education. It, I'm telling you, I'm with Mike Rowe on this. It isn't what it used to be. Pamela Geller said this, you know, point blank. It's, look, it, you want your kid to be a lawyer or a doctor or a nurse, or whatever, you got to send them to college. You got to be a psych, you got to send them to college. But if, if they, they don't want to do that, don't go. Don't waste your money. Because just like I talked about in my book, and just like Pamela talks about all the time, just like Mike Rowe talks about all the time, we're still working on getting him on the show, by the way. That dude is super busy. The university has morphed into incubators for leftist fascism. Now, how do I know that? OSU, <laughs> it, it would be funny if it wasn't true, but it's true. What I'm about to tell you is true. OSU diversity officer urges compassion for Somali terrorists who attack students. Now, let me be clear. Stephanie Clemens Thompson, Black Lives Matter, you know, supporter. She hashtags Black Lives Matter all the time and hashtag say his name, which Black Lives Matter, they use this to denote air quotes victims of police air quotes violence. By the way, look out, Charlotte. If you live anywhere near Charlotte or any major city right now, you better be careful because the news conference artfully done uh, by the head of the legal you know, powers that be there, the investigating uh, squad that did that. You know, remember the guy that gets shot in, 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 uh, in, in uh, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, gets shot, and then what happens? Um, well, gosh riots i'm sorry protests protests and they're shouting and the wife has the video and remember this there's a bunch of video and he don't got no gun he don't got no gun no don't shoot him you have better you better not shoot him you better not shoot him he just took his meds he took his meds and he's a little off when he takes his meds he's just trying to read his book and they you hear 10 times them screaming at him put the gun down put the gun down put the gun down then pop 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 and then he put the gun down because he was dead. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's overwhelming, overwhelming evidence that this was a good shoot. Overwhelming evidence. So they're not going to they're not going to uh, they're not going to prosecute any of the police officers that were involved in this. And rightly so. We knew it then. But we have to go through this big, expensive thing, hoping that the Black Lives Matter people, people like this Ohio State University 
diversity officer um, in charge of student res life. She won the outstanding first year advocate in 2016, by the way, uh, Stephanie Clemens Thompson. I'm personally leading the charge to get her fired. Just a quick FYI. I am personally mounting a campaign on social media and other to contact the Ohio State University, contact them, call them, send them letters and say, look, this person's got to go. Here's why. First of all, she didn't urge compassion for the students that were struck by this terrorist. No, she didn't do that. She urged compassion not for the family of the terrorist. No, she didn't do that. She urges compassion for the terrorist himself who attacked the students. The Ohio State University Assistant Director of Res Life or Residence Life allegedly expressed sympathy for Somali, it's not allegedly, he, she did it, we haven't recorded. Abdul Razak Ali Artan in a bizarre Facebook post Monday that has since gone viral. Stephanie, this is how you spell her name. So when you write the letters and you send the emails and you do all the things and you make your posts on Facebook, by the way, put, uh, put my website on there, uh, or at the ninja pastor, uh, but drshongreener.com or the ninja pastor.com, put that on there. We'll track all this. Stephanie Clemens is S T E P H A N I E, Clemens, C L E M O N S, Thompson, T H O M P S O N. She urged all of her followers on the Facebook to have compassion for Artan after he expressed a desire to kill a billion infidels and then tried to kill as many as he could at The Ohio State University. She also urged people to think of the pain he must have been in. And then she used the hashtags, hashtag Black Lives Matter, hashtag say his name, which to remind you, that's what Black Lives Matter uses to, you know, we gotta say his name, he's not just some black guy, another white guy killed. Now she's not the only one, but she's there at The Ohio State University. Uh, there are other people that are saying, oh, here we go. You know, we're heralding this white guy with a gun. This white thug, jackbooted police officer killed another black guy. Great. Yeah, he's a hero. Okay, sure. See, we listen to these things and we say all too quickly, well, that dude's nuts. Or that woman's nuts. She's nuts. She is a professor and, and in charge of an important area, res life, residence life at the Ohio State University. It's one of the largest universities in the country, in the world, actually. She's not in some chump organization here. She gets paid by taxpayers. Now, you need to understand something very, very important here. And this is something you've probably been wondering about. His name was Abdul Razak Ali Artan. And because we know exactly who he is, where he lives, and all of that stuff, we were able to determine that his family had their entire lives paid for by the United States taxpayers. Now, do you understand that? Do you understand what I'm saying here? Everything, their food, their housing, everything, medical care. I don't have health insurance because of Obamacare, but guess what? These people have health, and care, health insurance. He and his entire family, their entire lives are paid for by you and me. Now, how's he repay us? By trying to kill as many random infidels at Ohio State University as he possibly could while he was hail hailing the terrorist Anwar al-Awlaki as a hero. Now, 
this is a rant that he put on Facebook, and he's just he's justifying his terror attack this way, and and it's in, incoherent garbage. Is is you know I I agree with with uh, Pamela Geller on this. It's very the dude's an idiot. Which by the way brings up another thing. Which okay, family barely spoke English. Uh, you know his English wasn't the best, and yet he's eighteen. He's already got his two-year degree from Columbus State, which he went there for free. Now he's at Ohio State. Just checking, because I'm looking at his picture right now, and I don't see a guy that's 18 years old. I don't see that. I see guys much older than that, but whatever. We know they may lie a little. How old are you, son? Come on over here. I'm so sorry that that terrible thing happened to you being born in that country. Uh, once you come on over here, what's your name? And then they give a name. Uh, well, how old are you? Do you have a birth certificate? Don't have no birth certificate. No, no certificate. Well, well, then how old are you, young man? I 18. I'm 18 years old. You know, I'm 16. I'm 15. I'm 14. Wow. You sure are. Well, war and all that really made you look old. No offense. Don't kill me. You cut my throat or nothing. This is what he writes. In the name of Allah, the most merciful and most gracious. Yeah, he's merciful and he's gracious. Sure he is. And then he says in, in parens, screenshot this, screenshot this before it gets deleted. My brothers and sisters. Now, who do you think he's talking to, friends? He's, he's just his actual brothers and sisters? Because no, no, he's not talking to them. He is not talking to his actual brothers and sisters, just so you know. So we can be clear on this. He's talking to fellow Muslims. Now, is he talking to fellow jihadists? No. My brothers and sisters is referring to all Muslims. Goes on to say, I am sick and tired of seeing my fellow Muslim brothers and sisters being killed and tortured everywhere, in all caps. Seeing my fellow Muslims being tortured, raped, and killed in Burma led to a boiling point. I can't take it anymore. America, exclamation point. Stop interfering with other countries. We're not really messing with Burma. Especially the Muslim Ammah. We are not weak. We are not weak. Remember that. If you want us Muslims to stop carrying out lone wolf attacks, then make peace with Dolal al in al Sham. Make a pact or a treaty with them where you promise to leave them alone, you and your apostate allies. By Allah, we will not let you sleep unless you give peace to the Muslims. You will not celebrate or enjoy any holiday. Stop the killing of Muslims in Burma. By the way, every single Muslim who disapproves of my actions is a sleeper cell waiting for the signal. I am warning you, O oh America, and a message to Muslims. Don't listen to celebrity scholars who sold their deen. I am talking about the likes of Yasir Ka'adi, Omar Suleiman, Numan, Muftik Menk, and the list goes on. Beware of Al-Maghrib Institute. Listen instead to our hero, Imam Anwar al-Awlaki. By the way, he was an American. Let me ask you this question. If the Muhammad peace and blessings upon him, and he's, this kind of messes this up a little bit. Let me ask you this. If the, the Muhammad peace and blessings upon him and his Sahaba were here today, wouldn't Western media call them terrorists? To conclude, by Allah, I am willing to kill a billion infidels in retribution for a single disabled Muslim Muslim. And then he says again, screenshot this before it gets leaked. Now, let's go back to this. First of all, if you want Muslims to stop carrying out lone wolf attacks and make peace with Allah in Allah Salam, make a pact or treaty with them where you promise to leave them alone, you and your apostate. Now, let's break this down a little bit. Break it down. 
break down now. Now, Muslims are not allowed to make a pact with the infidel. Who's the infidel? That's you and me. It's everybody but Muslims. They can't make a pact with us. They can lie. They can lie. They can lie for the advancement of Islam. But they can't make a pact. They can pretend they are, but they're not going to. That's why any treaty you make with a Muslim nation isn't worth the paper it's printed on. It's not worth that because they're their religion. Now, they can lie to you. They can lie to you by their law. They can lie to you and they can say, you know, sure, we do this for you. We make peace. We love peace. Sure, buddy, we won't kill you. No, no, no. Wink, wink. <laughs> and then they make a pact and they violate it. So what they're saying is, is when you promise to leave them alone, you and your apostate allies, well, leave them alone. What does leave them alone mean? Leave them alone means if they want to cut somebody's head off, they can do it. If they want to, if they want to excise the clitoris of a young girl, a clitorectomy, so she'll never experience any sexual pleasure, they're going to do it. And that's so you can't, you want peace, you got to let them do that. If they, if, if they want to honor kill their daughter for, I don't know, who knows what, then they need to be able to do that. That's, that's just their culture, right? We're talking about culture here. We're not, look, it's their culture. You just let them have their culture. Okay. Just let them have their culture. So then you can have peace, us and our apostate allies. So, you know, and if they want to have slaves, they should be, if they want to have multiple wives, they should be allowed to, uh, whatever they really want, whatever they want. You just need to, you know, do what they say. So if you do that, then we're going to, we're, we will not kill all of y'all. We won't do it. And then he says, by Allah, we will not let you sleep unless you give peace to the Muslims. You won't celebrate or enjoy any holiday. In other words, every holiday, they're going to they're gonna do these things. They're going to kill people. They're going to run into cars. They're going to set fires. They're going to cut people's throats. they throw people off buildings. And then he says, every single Muslim who disapproves of my actions is a sleeper cell waiting for a signal. In other words, anybody that comes out that says they're a Muslim and they say, uh, we disapprove of this. We're not with them. Remember when I just told you about the, uh, the, the guy in, in Columbus who's at this mosque, which, by the way, has ties to terrorism, and says, look, you know, we can't paint with a broad brush here. We don't know what this guy, we don't know what was going on with him. Um, and then all the Muslims standing around him are part of that group that claims to disapprove. People say, why don't, why don't the Muslims... Uh, why don't they, why don't they, uh, you know, disavow? Right? Why don't they do that? Well, first of all, Takiyah is lying for Islam. It's, look, you, you can't, they can lie all they want. It, what, you, them saying to you, you know, oh, I'm not good. I don't like this. I don't like all this fighting and cutting of throats. I don't want to do that. No. I'm not doing that. I'm not violent. Yes, you're doing bad things. You're doing lots of bad things. But, boss mine is, you know, I'm not violent. I'm not your, no, I'm not violent. No. But you're doing bad things. You deserve to be blown up. But no, I'm not violent. 
Takia. They lie for the advancement of Islam. So these people standing around, they're a sleeper cell. They lull us stupid people in. Why do you think Donald Trump was elected so so soundly? Why do you think that? Steve from Ohio says, I sound like a combo of Dracula and Gandhi. Oh, I don't know how to feel about that. A one, a two. That's count. That's a count on uh, Sesame Street. Also a very communist organization. It's true. You don't like it, but it's true. <laughs> they lie. Takiyah, they lie for Islam. Peace, this whole notion of peace, they define it totally differently. They don't define it the same way, folks. They never have. They've never, they've never, ever, ever defined it that way. Not the way we do. We're soft in the West. You think if we're just nice to them, they'll be nice to us? No, they won't be nice to us. They're going to kill you. His big grief was a complaint about Muslims being tortured, raped, and killed in Burma. The United States government has emphatically and explicitly condemned the, the Burmese government for persecuting Muslims in Burma. And, and, and our government passed a resolution on it in 2014. There's no reason that anybody should ever show this punk, however old he is, which none of us believe that he's he's 18, by the way. None of us believe that. None of us reasonable people believe that he's actually 18. We should show no ounce of sympathy, not a penny, not a not a not an ounce, not a penny, not a gram, none of it. Yet Stephanie Clemens Thompson, make sure you write this down. Stephanie Clemens Thompson blast Ohio State, blast them. She needs to be fired. She seems to feel this was some Black Lives Matter shooting by a racist white cop. Now, I mentioned the mosque, right? Staying in this mosque. It's important for you to understand, and this is, this is very important to understand, and Pamela Geller nails this. Uh, our organization, AFTI, issued an 18-point platform in defense of freedom two years ago. Two key points were, AFTI calls for immediate investigation into foreign Musk funding in the West and for new legislation making foreign funding of mosques in non-Muslim nations illegal. You think that would make sense, right? You think that would be a no-brainer. That'd be a layup, right? Super easy. Yeah. Why would we have to fight with that? Just it's the same thing as, you know, well... The guy went over, the American citizen, he went over to Syria and Iraq and Afghanistan fighting for ISIS and Jihad. But then he didn't like the food and he didn't like that there weren't that many good-looking women and that he couldn't eat pepperoni on his pizza anymore. And so he wants to come back. Should we let him back into the country? What should happen? Should we, what should we do? Now, come on, man. You, you know, uh, how in the world are you going to sit there and think that? That person tries to come back to the United States. You say, hey, tell you what, we're going to fly you anywhere you want to go. Where do you want to go? Well, I would like to go to maybe, I don't know, Minnesota. 
Okay. And let's say you're in California, right? It comes in California. If you load them up on the plane, feed them, give them, give them a hot dog. Wait, is this, is this pork? No, it's not. It's not pork. It's beef. It's beef. It's pork, by the way. It's beef. It's, it's beef. Oh, okay. Cause I don't want to eat no pork. I'm Muslim. Good Muslim. Okay. Well, good. That's great. How was it over there? Well, it was terrible. Oof. Girls are ugly. Oof. It's just mm. so much sand. I can't drink beers. It's just bad. It's just bad. No hookers, no nothing. Ugh. Just ugh. was not fun. Killing people is not as much fun as I thought it would be. So, uh, so some people are naming this person. One has named it Skinny Jeans Vapor. You know that guy. He's he's vaping. He's cool. Others have different names for them. <laughs> I won't say. <laughs> so so you know, wheels up. You know, we're gonna fly you wherever you want to go. Eat your beef hot dog, not beef. It's pork. Uh, you know, eat up. You know, you want a beer? We'll get you a beer. We won't tell your Muslim brothers. Oh, okay, cool, 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 cool. All right. Sit back, relax, you know, no problem. So then he's stupid, you know, because he's not really that smart. And he realizes, okay, if I'm going from California to Minnesota, I'm not going to cross any large bodies of water such as the ocean. But he looks out the window, sees the ocean, doesn't make a big deal of it. So then he comes up and goes, hey, can we show you something? You know, Mahmoud or Rajir or, you know, whatever. And then you, you know, walk walk over to where the door is, and then you lock that little sucker down, and you say, hey, you know what? It's time for you to uh, take a little ride, take a little swim from, I don't know, 20, 30, 40,000 feet. Open the door, quick kick in the butt. <whistles> Splat. Because, you know, when you're that far, your body essentially disintegrates when it hits the water. You're going 125, 128 miles per hour. It's brutal. It's gruesome. Yeah, every single one. Every you say that sounds that doesn't sound very pastorly. Uh yeah, it's not pastorly. It's 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 human. It's sensible. You know, anybody that that comes after that many people. Come on, you you you've got it, you've got to know. You've got to know that there's no there's no future for you. You do that, there's no future for you. Not at all. You come back to this country after after going, you, you've, you've become an enemy. You're going to die. Well, these same people, these same people will say, hmm, I don't know. It's, what should we do with them? What should we do with them? Should we put them through re-education? You know that darn internet. People get on that internet and they get radicalized. I love this term, self-radicalized. It's they're not self-radicalized, folks. Let that go. It's just stupid. It makes you sound dumb. Yeah, of course. I, I'm not a fan of any mosques in the United States at all. At all. Sorry. Not sorry. I'm not a fan of any Muslim in any role in government or safety, public safety, you know, people make a big deal out of the NYPD has 900 Muslims, professing Muslims working there. You know, I don't care. I don't care. They got to go. 
You got to go. If you are that type of person where you're going to advocate for a for a religion, air quotes, remember, it's not a religion. It's not a religion. It is a religious, political, and military ideology. It's not a religion. So after he calls for, this is the second key point here, after he calls for surveillance of mosques and regular inspections of mosques in the United States and other non-Muslim nations to look for pro-violence materials, any mosque advocating jihad or any aspects of Sharia that conflict with the constitutional freedoms and protections should be closed, what would it take to convince a genuinely peaceful person to commit mass murder? Well, there's a very definite mindset of jihad learned in the mosque. This is where they learn it. But, but nothing's being done to counter it. Muslims in the United States condemn the Islamic State. Where are they teaching against the ideology that gave rise to it? Where, where can we hear them doing all this? Yeah, good point, Steve. How about we allow as many mosques in the United States as they allow Christian churches in Islam? Amen. So nothing's being done right now. Nothing at all. Nothing's being done to stop the, the jihad recruiting in the United States or the UK or in France or anywhere else. Even as thousands of young Muslims from the West have gone to wage jihad for Islamic State. Look, if these moderates are really rejecting extremism, let them show it by instituting genuine programs, expunging or at the very least vocally opposing against the teaching of Islam. Now, you just heard this Muslim, and we've heard others. We've, we've heard them say over and over and over, you know, not that much, but we've, we've, we've heard them say, hey, the people that speak out against Islam, Al-Awlaki, before he was popped, and uh, yeah, I've talked about him, the, the guy in Great Britain, he's just been jailed finally. Uh, you know, he said, hey, there are no, there are, there are no, if you're not a violent Muslim, then, then you're not a Muslim. You're, you're an infidel. And if you're not calling for jihad against the West, then you just might be a sleeper cell. We will rise up in greater numbers than you've ever known. We'll run the streets with blood. This is what they say. I don't know why we don't listen. But the ones that are vocally opposing it, I got a newsflash for you. 99.999% of them are just observing takiyah, lying for the advancement of Islam. Now, we heard a term over and over and over. You guys want to guess what that term is as it relates to this yet another terrorist who lives in the United States, is here, air quotes, legally? They call him a homegrown terrorist, a homegrown. I hate that term, homegrown terrorist. What, what does that mean? What does that mean? What the heck does that mean? What does homegrown terrorist mean? First of all, Abdul was not a homegrown terrorist. He was raised in Somalia, then he spent seven years in Pakistan. Look, you want to know the... the Two of the two of the five greatest armed, I think the worst place on the planet is Sana'a uh, Yemen. I know firsthand. Sana'a Yemen. Two of the two of the, the very worst places on the planet. Just a disgusting place. Um just disgusting. Just a disgusting place. Hateful evil people running around killing each other. And it's just it's just a bad deal. It's there, these people do not even. You just you just can't believe how bad these people are. And in the top five, there's Somalia, 
And then there's Pakistan. I'm telling you, it's it's horrible. They're, they're very horrible places. Race in Somalia. Then he spent seven years in Pakistan. And pardon me on this one. He he already graduated. I alluded to this a minute ago. How's he already graduate from community college, a two-year college? He's enrolled as a freshman. But they state his age is only 18 years old. Also, by the way, he's balding. I'd like for the news, one time, one time, just tell me the truth one time. Mm -hmm. Tell me the truth one time. Like they would ever tell us the truth. I don't know anybody that looks at that picture and goes, well, that's an 18-year-old kid. No, it's not 18, come on. I, I think as a society, we're moving to a place of needing to accept and acknowledge that we have two very separate kinds of people. And, and they can't compromise or understand each other. It's two separate, and, and those people are, who are these people? They're the left, the wingnut left, and, and then conservatives. Then people that know a little something. These are the people. These are the people that I'm talking about. Two people, they can't compromise. They can't. These liberal professors that I talked about before, this, this Stephanie uh, Clemens Thompson, Remember, don't forget to write to the Ohio State University and tell them this diversity officer has to go. This, this assistant director of residence life has to go. She just she just she just praised or had sympathy for uh the terrorists that, that did all this on campus, on their campus. She's supposed to be an advocate for the residents. And meanwhile, she's she's given this poor guy a pass and linking him as the black lives matter, you know, hashtag say his name as though he was shot down by a, by a racist white cop. This person should have nothing to do with any public job whatsoever. You want a job, go get one somewhere else. Certainly not a taxpayer job, but these people get jobs. Why? Because the people above them that give the jobs, guess what? They're of the same cloth. There's two separate and distinct people, my friends. There's those kind of people, and then there's us. And we can't compromise. We can't talk to them. And and, and I'll tell you, this is this is just reality right here. When a college, look, you want to deny this. You want to deny that there's two separate types of people, two separate kinds of people, the kind you can talk to, the kind that you can reason with, the kind that can learn, and us, uh, or, or, or and the left, so we're the ones that can learn. We listen. We say, okay, yeah, that makes sense. And we know when there's trouble. And then there's the other side, like this professor, like this assistant director of residence life. You Look, you deny that fact, and, and you're unsafe. You're unsafe. This, this whole thing about Buckeye Strong, this is hashtag Buckeye Strong. This whole thing about this is a farce. And, and to think that you're going to make a hashtag. Remember, remember when uh, Michelle Obama... When she, you know, those 300 Nigerian girls get taken, of course, raped and 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 murdered and whatever, you know, they're getting they're getting uh, what, terrible things happening to them. And instead of actual diplomacy, and inst instead of getting in and getting after and finding them and killing the people responsible and returning them to their families, what she do in her seven thousand dollar dress? Yeah, seven thousand dollars. In her $7,000 dress, she writes on a card, actually somebody else writes it for her, hashtag bring our girls back. First of all, they're not your girls. Second of all, they'd have nothing to do with you. They'd have nothing to do with you because you're a fraud. Bring our girls back. 
You can't talk with people like that. When a college, listen, you need to understand if I, and I have kids in college, by the way. When a college professor entrusts this, look, I, I'm just going to say to you, they're not just there to teach, right? Because your kid is gone. Your kids have been under your roof for however long. And now they're at college. Well, every professor, every professor is part of the new way your kid thinks and lives and acts. This is every professor, every professional, every person that they come into contact with. These are people who are entrusted with protecting your child, making decisions that are uh, affect the safety of your child. And so when this British guy, this professor at the Ohio State University, who's also a victim, he doesn't realize that he's a victim or what he's a victim of, but He's just too liberal to realize that. When this guy says it's most significant to understand why the evildoer may have tried to murder students rather than saying it's never okay to murder students. We have to say that there's no reasoning with this person. You say, well, we can reason with him. He's very smart. He's very smart. You know, uh, you know, he can reason. He's a very intelligent guy. Look, he's, I think he's a metallurgist. You know, he's an engineer of, of metals. We can we can make the assessment that he's super smart. Well, we got to stop doing that because somebody has a, a a doctor. Jill Stein is a is it, I almost said a very politically incorrect word. Jill Stein, don't trust her to scrape the plaque off your teeth. Don't trust her to give you an aspirin. Because and you say, well, that's throwing the baby out in the bathwater. Look, you need to understand this. We need to get to the point where we understand there are two separate and distinct kinds of people. Some that are reasonable and some that aren't. And the two, we can't communicate. We can't trust them. Because college professors and college people, they're in charge of making sure our kid is safe. And when they say, look, we got to understand why they did this, you know, what he was going through, we feel for him and his family. He's Buckeye strong. No, he's dead. He got a direct lead injection at a high rate of speed into his cranium as he should have. But there's no reasoning with this person. There's no way. His perspective is so completely different, deviant, and destructive. And you say, oh, wait a second, deviant. No sexual thing in there. Deviant doesn't have to connote a sexual thing. Deviant can connote you've deviated from the social norm, from the reason. You've deviated from what, what is uh, logical. He's, he's different, he's deviant, he's destructive, and, and he's dumb. I don't care what degree he has. And, and this is what's worse, is that he holds that perspective with complete moral self-righteousness. He is completely self-righteous in this. Right, because he's taking the high ground. He's, he's taking the high ground. He's, he's, he's tolerant, he says. He's tolerant. He says that he's open to other cultures. He says that it's all about everyone being together and, and all learning together. We have people of 80 different nations here learning. We're a peaceful place. No, you're not. The Ohio State campus is one of the top 10 most dangerous campuses in the country for state universities above a certain size. So you're not. That's that's not true. That's not true. And the problem you have with Middle Eastern refugees settling right here among you? Look, you, 
you when you take the perspective, if this is you, you're taking this moral perspective that Middle Eastern refugees settling here is more right than protecting the citizens in your town that you're in charge of. Well, that's a problem. When you take the perspective that the moral good is not appearing mean or ethnocentric by building a wall, you say, well, Donald Trump's a bad guy. He wants to build a wall. He wants to keep out people. He doesn't like Mexicans. He doesn't like Muslims. He's going to kick Muslims out. Look, if, if you by this point have a problem saying out loud, anywhere you are, Muslims got to go. Sorry, got to go. Got to go. You got to go. We don't know who's good, who's bad. We can't tell. So you got to, oh, that's like Japanese internment camps. That's not good, Sean. No, it's not. I don't care, Ninja Pastor. You, you don't understand. No, that's not right. No, we're not going to do that. Oh, by the way, we were attacked by Japan. Do I think that, that in all cases that was wrong and, and bad to do? No, I don't. I'm sorry to tell you. We learned as a country, study it up. We learned as a country that, that many of the people that were taken into those camps were actually here to undermine our national security. We know that for sure now, but nobody wants to talk about that. Just like nobody wants to talk about the only purveyor of slavery in this world, practicer and purveyor of slavery in this world is the original purveyor and practicer of slavery in this world, which was and still is Muslims. But when you when you tell me that 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 Donald Trump is a mean guy for saying, look, you know, we got to build a wall. At the very least, we got to build a wall, or we don't have a country. What kind of imbecile says no? I want people to come and go as they want. We want that kind of place. This is not a frat house. This is not a you know a smoke shop. This is not a hookah bar. This isn't that kind of thing. This is our country. This is this is where we look. They've been killing people since 620. 8620. These people have been killing people, cutting their heads off, boiling them, putting them in acid, throwing them off buildings, running over them with cars, you know, hacking them in half, stoning them to death, and all the many different ways, drowning them since 620. Look, when you take the perspective that the higher moral good is a woman's right to decide about her body, in other words, killing the child inside of her body, rather than the unborn child having any rights, both sides believe they have the moral high ground. Both sides. Both sides do. They do. You know, I have to say this. I have to say this. I'm right. Hashtag, I am not wrong. Hashtag, I am not wrong. That we're, I'm right here. I'm explaining to you something that's absolutely true. We can't, we can't keep having a discussion with these people. We're never going to agree. They're not going to compromise. We can't compromise with them. We have compromised with them. And this is why we have a president by the name of Barack Hussein Obama. The very next election after 9-11 was Barack Hussein Obama. Well, not the next election, but the one after that. You've got to be kidding me.
guy with the sketchiest, most unreasonable past that anybody ever had. The very last guy in the world we'd ever let in the White House, let alone into the Lincoln bedroom or any of the other bedrooms, especially the Oval Office. You, you can argue with them till you're blue in the face. The argument ends when they call you a racist, by the way, or a bigot, or a misogynist. By the way, I like misogynists as much as anybody else, so I don't know why they keep calling me that. They think it's hurting my feelings, but it's not. I know, I know, misogynist, I know what it means. I'm just kidding, just kidding. It's a joke, it's a funny. One side's opinions put the other side in jeopardy. That's what you need to understand about this. This is, this is, this is the trouble we're in in this country. This is the trouble we're in. Jerry from Pennsylvania is absolutely right. God is for life. Our faith is for life. Muslims, it's a culture of death all around the world. There's no place that it's not. You say, well, if they were the culture of death, why do they have so many kids to take us over? Well, that sounds so crazy. You sound so crazy, John. You're absolutely nuts, Dr. Sean. I don't know what's wrong with you. You should get more sleep. They have all these kids to populate their army of jihad. It's in their game plan. But both of these sides, the two sides that can't really communicate, both of these sides say, hey, you know what? We have the high ground and we're going to stick to it. This goofy person on uh, MSNBC, what's her name? Uh, she's got the short, dark hair. She's uh, militant gay. She's... She's just, I can't remember that woman's name. She's just, she's just absolutely, you can't hardly listen to her. She has a PhD, by the way. You can't hardly listen to her. It, it's just brutal. It's just brutal. So, so one side's opinions. This is, this is where we have to part company here. One side's opinion. puts the other side in complete jeopardy. So if we if we think that we can talk to these people, look, one side's opinions allow the other side to remain alive, to give voice to their nonsense. Do you, do you see what I'm saying here? The other side is uttering complete nonsense. They they have nonsense and it's deadly nonsense. What this what this professor isn't just you know, what he's saying and what he's espousing, it isn't just, you know, oh, the poor guy, you know, oh, he's he's wrong, but, you know, he has a right to be wrong. It's not that. His delusion jeopardizes all of our lives. One side believes it's more important to have a safe place in the college. Hashtag safe space sissies trending on Twitter. Do a hashtag safe space sissies and then at the ninja pastor, you'll see. One side believes it's more important to have a safe space in the college to affirm my sexuality, my color, my lack of sexuality, my pretend, my not pretend. I'm not. I'm not boy or I'm I'm whatever I want to be, whenever I want to be it. Look, man, that side believes it's more important for that. You gotta have a safe space for that but not a place of protection from Muslim terrorists who will kill me the first chance they the, the first chance they get 
so we've got these two ideologies, these competing ideologies, right? Democrats, they'll, they'll, what they do is they yell, oh, you're a racist. Oh, you're blah, blah, blah. You want to bring back, you know, whatever. They're always calling us KKK. They're always calling us Nazis. Well, KKK was and is the military arm of the Democrat Party, and Nazi stands for National German Socialist Party. So, yeah, Hitler was a raging liberal. You can't talk to these people. You're going to have a conversation with Bernie Sanders? Really? Hillary Clinton? Really? John Kerry? Barack Hussein Obama? These professors? And look, these are two, two professors out of thousands. Do you understand that? And so, and so we have these different arguments that we have, and we think that we're doing the right thing by, by getting engaging, engaging in culture. We engage in culture. We love to call it that. Well, we're engaging in culture and discussion. Right? This is what we're doing. We're engaging in culture and discussion. We are delusional. Because while we are doing that, they are weakening us and dividing us. They are. They're weakening us and they're dividing us. They're making us into less than what we should be. They're making us less than what we need to be. They're making us less than we have to be because they're, they've been successful at dividing and conquering us. They've been successful at saying, hey, you know what? You guys are racist, bigots. You're misogynists. And so what do we do? We quiet. We get really, really quiet. We're super quiet. That's what we do. We get real quiet. They back us down. And we say, um, well, First Amendment allows you to burn a flag, allows you to say stupid stuff. Hey, you know, I don't want to disagree. That would be wrong. I don't want to tell people how to live, really. Because these people, the Muslims, they live killing people. They live burning people in, in, in uh, you know, pits of fire. They, they live drowning people. They live throwing people off of roofs. Their new thing is using chainsaws and cutting people in half. Live people. Over 100 men, I use that term loosely, over 100 Muslims, when they decide that a woman is going to be punished, they rape her first. You see the videos of the, uh, of the women, they're buried up to their shoulders, and sometimes they're buried up to their armpits, they leave their arms out. And they're getting stoned. They're throwing stones at them. It's public stoning. What you don't see, right, when they when they do this, what you don't see is that she most likely in the in the 24 to 48 hours before this happened, she's been raped by at least a hundred men. Yeah, I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you, folks. This is real. Why do they rape her? Well, in addition to their pigs, they're they're pieces of crap deserving of a direct and high-speed injection of lead into the cranium. It causing an explosive disbursement of brain matter. They're evil. They're subhuman. In addition to that, they believe that if they rape her, they will defile her and she will not get into paradise. 
That's why they do it. So this woman, now she's going to be, rocks going to be thrown at her until she's dead. And she had to deal with a hundred different Muslims raping her. Perfectly okay. So you tell me why it is we have to have a discussion. Why, why, do I, why exactly do I have to sit down with them and have a discussion with them? Why do I have to talk with them? Would you like to know how I would deal with Iran? <laughs> Mushroom cloud to follow. That's it. You say, well, you sound like Donald Trump. Good. It's the first guy that's had the cojones to say it. He's the first guy to get up there and say, hey, we got to do something about these Muslims. This, this Iranian deal makes us makes us a victim. We're, we're, we're doing crazy things. What are we doing having these people come into this country? Why? Why are we doing this? Somebody's got to throw the, the dumb flag. Somebody's going to say, hey. By the way, the whistling sound for you that didn't grow up when I did, the whistling sound is the bomb falling. That's a sound you drop a bomb from an aircraft from like 50,000 or 70,000 or 80,000 feet. As it falls, the air goes across it at, you know, terminal velocity and makes it whistle. So it's a little lesson for your charge. No cost or obligation to go. So I extend that. You can't talk to the people. You can't talk to the president of the United States. He's one of them. You can't talk to John Kerry. His daughter is, uh, his his uh, daughter, I think his daughter married a Iranian with direct ties to the Muslim Brotherhood. You can't talk to these people who on the left say, you know, I'm LGBT and I'm, I stand with Muslims. Well, then you're an idiot. You're an idiot because the first chance they get, they're going to cut your throat. It's what they're commanded to do. Well, no, that, that was just like in the Holy Bible. Bible says to do stuff like that. No, it doesn't. This is active. This is completely relevant to this time. It's not anachronistic. It is absolutely congruent with this time. Look around. Who's cutting off heads? Muslims. Who's putting people in uh, in cages and, and, and drowning the people? Muslims. Who's throwing gays off the roofs? Muslims. By the way, they raped them first. And by rape them first, I mean they raped them. The men... The, the male, I don't want to even use that term, men, the male Muslims rape the gay person or the person they suspect of being gay before they throw them off the roof. And oh, by the way, when they die, when that person dies, that absolves the Muslim from any wrongdoing. It's in their book. As is, you can spill your seed in a goat or an animal, as long as you kill the goat. Look, I, I'm not making this up. This is reality. I'm not an internationally known expert on Islam for nothing. I've had people on this show who, who are extraordinary experts on Islam, and they'll tell you the same thing. They do tell you. Go to, go to the ninjapastor.com or drshawngreener.com and go back and listen to the shows. They're all free. They're all free. Check me if you want. It's okay. But you can't, you can't have a discussion, which is just the same as having a discussion with a person on the left. You have a discussion with a person on the left. They believe that it is okay to kill an innocent baby. They said it's higher moral ground to, to tell a woman, yeah, if you get pregnant and you want to kill the baby, no problem. Go ahead. 
We'll even help you pay for it. You say to me that it doesn't make any sense. You say it's ethnocentric to build a wall and to put guards there that shoot people that, that try to sneak in the country. You say that's horrible. That's, that's a horrible, horrible thing. I'm not going to shoot you if you're trying to leave. I don't care if you leave. Get out. But you ain't coming back. You leave in a huff. I'm going to fight for jihad. Well, you're not coming back. I'm not even going to allow you to be buried on the soil. That's why I did the little trip. By the way, when you throw a human body out of a out of an aircraft at 20,000, see, I don't really want to do it 20,000 feet. That's too far for them to really know what's happening. And it gives them a fun free fall. Their free fall is amazing. Free falling is just amazing under canopy. But, you know, once, you know, but but the thing is, 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 yeah, Steve from Ohio. Walls are the only reason Israelis are still alive. Meanwhile, the Pope says from a from behind a uh, forty foot wall to keep the Muslims out. By the way, he says, "Hey, there should be no walls." Well, then you tear you tear yours down first. But you've got the same group of people telling you that ripping a, a baby's organs out of them and selling them—that's fine. Building a wall—that's bad. That's bad. That's your mean. That I should invite these air quotes refugees into my town. Oh, and by the way, I should give them benefits that I can't afford my own self. You can't have a conversation with them. These are the same people, Fidel Castro, right? He just dies 90 years old. We think he was 90. We don't know that for sure. And the tale of two different presidents' responses. And the two different presidents, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm calling President-elect Trump, in, for this case, President Trump and President Obama. It's very, very different. This is a very different response. You've got to ask yourself, because on Saturday, I'm just going to say this. On Saturday, this is after it comes out, Fidel Castro is dead. President Obama releases the following statement. Now, this is, he. they tell him, hey, Fidel is gone. At this time of Fidel Castro's passing, we hand a hand of friendship, we extend a hand of friendship to the Cuban people. We know that this moment fills Cubans in Cuba and in the United States with powerful emotions, recalling the countless ways in which Fidel Castro altered the course of individual lives, families, and of the Cuban nation. History will record and judge the enormous impact of the singular figure on the people and the world around him. For nearly six decades, for nearly six decades, the relationship between the United States and Cuba was marked by discord and profound political disagreements. During my presidency, we have worked hard to put the past behind us pursuing a future in which the relationship between our two countries is defined not by our differences, but by the many things we share as neighbors and friends, bonds of family, culture, commerce, and common humanity. This engagement includes the contributions of Cuban Americans who have done so much for our country, who care deeply about the loved ones in Cuba. By the way, I am doing Napoleon Dynamite's impression of Obama. Very good call. Very, very good call. Well, I was dead on on that one. So today we offer condolences to Fidel Castro's family and our thoughts and prayers are with the Cuban people. In the days ahead, they will recall the past and look to the future. As they do, the Cuban people must know that they have a friend and partner in the United States of America. Now, that was your President Barack Hussein Obama. Now we're going to read who will soon be our President. President-elect Donald Trump had a much different tone with his response to Castro's death, and I quote, Today, the world marks the passing of a brutal dictator who oppressed his own people for nearly six decades. 
Fidel Castro's legacy is one of firing squads, theft, unimaginable suffering, poverty, and the denial of fundamental human rights. While Cuba remains a totalitarian island, it is my hope that today marks a move away from the horrors endured for too long toward a future in which the wonderful Cuban people finally live in the freedom they so richly deserve. Through, though the tragedies, deaths, and pain caused by Fidel Castro cannot be erased, our administration, in other words, the Trump administration, will do all it can to ensure the Cuban people can finally begin their journey toward prosperity and liberty. I joined the many Cuban Americans who supported me so greatly, by the way, he had massive support in the presidential campaign, including the Brigade 2506 Veterans Association that endorsed me with the hope of one day soon seeing a free Cuba. Trump said. Let me tell you something. Raul, Raul Castro is said to be worse than Fidel. Said to be worse. So it's, it's you know, now that he's dead, he's not going to be. By the way, you know, we see all the stars. Uh, what's his name? Colin Kaepernick. Idiot that he is. Somebody needs to flatten that guy. You heard about that, that last tackle, the last game, where they, they're one in 10, I think. And this, this punk is out there. And the last play of the game, they could go for the win. Uh, he's running. And this son of a Cuban immigrant, uh, he was a Cuban exile, uh, he, he laid the hit on him and flattened him and stopped the game. One in 11. Thank you, Steve. Uh, flattened him. By the way, hello to the ER that are listening. It's awesome to me that you guys are listening. That's cool. They make this guy out to be a freedom fighter. Jill Stein, her statement, he was a freedom fighter. Barack Obama, freedom fighter. All these people, freedom fighter. Kaepernick, Colin Kaepernick wears a, a shirt, you know, extolling the virtues of him. He's a man of the people. No, he's a man that killed people. He was $120 million worth of bed-hopping hypocrite. He claimed he lived on a $25 a month stipend, but he had 20 luxury homes, a private island, an 88-foot yacht, and so many mistresses. See, Tom Leonard really exposes this. He, he's in New York for the Daily Mail. Uh, he exposes this in a piece he did on the 28th of November. Fidel Castro, the restless revolutionary, had no time for pleasure, despising holidays as bourgeois and claiming to live in a fisherman's hut. He said his only luxury was the cigars that he continually chomped, or so he insisted to fellow Cubans because they couldn't. There's no video of him. You don't see video. He controls television. So he controls the press. Nobody's, nobody's, you're not going to see him. And it's believed too, by the way, that he's worth $900 million. And Che, you know, Che, you see these stars running around wearing Che t-shirts and Che hats and Che posters in their houses. No matter how great Che is, he was a killer too. And he killed them. LGBT people, he killed you. Killed you. See, the, the public in Cuba never knew this. They never knew it. He had an iron grip on the media and public discourse. But he was a prodigious womanizer and food connoisseur. He kept some 20 luxury properties throughout the Caribbean. 
or Caribbean, whichever you choose. He used to take a private yacht, his private yacht, to one of his islands that he owned. Stu's was a complete fraud, folks. A complete fraud. <laughs> Forbes magazine listed in, in 2006, they listed Castro as one of the world's richest kings, queens, and dictators. And he angrily insisted he lived on only 20 pounds a month. Look, when you're a tyrant like that, and you take the money of an entire country, you're going to be rich. He had tons of mistresses. It, on the mainland, he, he had homes. They were immense. Havana Estate, rooftop bowling alley, personal hospital, and an indoor basketball court. He had a seaside villa with a pool, jacuzzi, sauna, the whole bit. Meanwhile, people are living just in abject poverty. Some of this comes out in 2014 when he had a bodyguard by the name of Juan Ronaldo Sanchez, and he escaped. Uh, he wrote a book about Castro's secret life. By the way, he lives always afraid. The estimated is this is the the uh, this is the bodyguard estimates his worth at at least a hundred million pounds. He was way off, by the way. He revealed in lavish detail that would have appalled struggling Cubans how even a typical day's spear fishing for Castro in the crystal clear waters off its private island was like the royal hunts of Louis. The 15th in the forest around Versailles. Rising at midday, Castro, did you catch that? Rising at midday, Castro will be dressed in his scuba gear by kneeling flunkies. In other words, they kneel around him and put him in his scuba gear. He would then head off in a gleaming motorboat filled with his favorite expensive whiskey and grilled langoustines to waters that had already been scouted that morning by staff anxious to find the areas with the most fish. Why? Because they don't want to die. By the way, thousands of Miami fans booed uh, when they played uh, San Francisco 49ers, when they played um, the Miami, and I'm not a Miami fan by any stretch, but uh, thousands booed when he came out on the field. I love that. The private island, Cayo Piedra, Sanchez described as a garden of Eden where he entertained famous guests such as the writer Gabriel Garcel, Garcia Marquez. He'd show off a spectacular lagoon filled with turtles and dolphins. Uh, he would sail there on this 88-foot yacht, which, by the way, is not that big of a yacht as it goes, but it was fitted out with rare Angolan wood. On the mainland, his grand homes included an immense Havana estate. Can you imagine? Bowling area on the top. His, but his, look, the most notorious home was Unit 160, or Punto Cerro, a fortress-like compound, which wasn't just like a HQ for his torture and surveillance regime, although it was, he it also housed his own ice cream factory because he liked ice cream. His people couldn't have ice cream, but he could. And so he's so afraid of being poisoned, uh, he sourced all of his own food locally or from rich overseas friends. Uh, they would send him these luxurious things. But he was—he had a cow for each of his family members, one for him and one for each separate cow. And they would this is what they'd do. But then close to that unit, uh, 160 or Punta Cero, was a separate and more secret abode. And this was for his women. His women would be there. He, that's where he'd meet his women. Gina Lola Brigida, you know, she was one of his. 
There's a, a bunch of them. A bunch of young kids, young girls, well under the age of 15. Young Cuban, he didn't care. Young Cuban with any color, any background. So this is the deal, right? This is the deal. This is the guy they're saying. This is the guy that killed. So meanwhile, two of his kids fled. His children, his his blood children fled his regime. It's kind of crazy, isn't it? This guy kills. What, what is said to be hundreds of thousands of people. Tortures people. Meanwhile, ex-lovers, they, they tried to kill him. They tried to kill him. They tried to, they tried to do uh, all kinds of different CIA-led plots. 638 separate plots altogether, by the way. It, what I'm saying to you is, is look, the CIA, by the way, the CIA, they, they couldn't kill the guy. They could, but a lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot of restrictions on that. This just didn't kill him. Just didn't kill the guy. So many plots. I mean, it's ridiculous. So these are the people that we're supposed to have a conversation with. You understand that, right? These are the people, the left, the ones wearing these shirts, the ones that come out and say how great the guy is. These are the people. And these are the people that somehow or another we're supposed to have a cogent conversation with. How in the world do you have a conversation with somebody like that? You know, and I, I want to just say, these are the same people that are fighting for this whole $15 minimum wage. You guys, you guys hear about all this? I, I It cracks me up. Ed Renzi, uh, he's a former president and CEO, CEO of McDonald's USA, by the way. He was the former head guy. He wrote this post and I thought it was fantastic. McDonald's restaurant employees rally after walking off the job to demand a $15 per hour wage and union rights during a nationwide fight for 15 day of disruption protests on November 29th. So they, they do, they're doing another strike, the 29th. And so this guy, the guy who ran the whole thing, he has a message for them. And the reporters, by the way, I told you so. Brings me no joy to write these words. The push for a $15 starter wage has negatively impacted career prospects of employees who were just getting started in the workforce while extinguishing the business that employed them. I wish it were not so, but it's important to document these consequences lest policymakers elsewhere decide that the $15 an hour movement is worth embracing. Let's start with automation. In 2013, when the fight for 15 was still in its growth stage, I and others warned that union demands for a much higher minimum wage would force businesses with a small profit margin in the first place to replace full service employees with costly investments in self-service 
alternatives. At the time, labor groups accused business owners of crying wolf. They always have, by the way. Turns out the wolf was real. Uh, when I was doing my research for my book, I, you know, the AFL-CIO, uh, the uh, UAW, they all gave me thousands of dollars worth of research, thousands of dollars worth of data. And I couldn't believe they gave it to me, but they gave it to me because they, they thought that it told a great story. They actually believed what they were saying. They never read the data. I read the data and I put it in my book. I couldn't believe it. So they all say this. They all say, oh, you're just saying that. You just don't want to pay. You'll keep it all for yourself. So earlier this month, McDonald's announced the nationwide rollout of touchscreen self-service kiosk in a video. It makes me laugh because I think people are so stupid. In a video the company released to showcase the new customer experience, it's striking to see employees who once would have managed a cash register now reduced to monitoring a customer's choices at an iPad-style kiosk. It's not just McDonald's that has embraced job-replacing technology. Numerous restaurant chains, both quick-serve and full-serve, have looked at computer tablets as a solution for rising labor costs that won't adversely impact the customer's experience. Itza, a fully automated restaurant concept, now has five locations, all in cities or states that have embraced the $15 minimum wage. And in a scene stolen from the Jetsons, uh, the Starship delivery robot is now navigating the streets of San Francisco with groceries and other consumer goods. The company's founder pointed to a rising minimum wage as a key factor in driving the growth of his automated delivery business. Of course, not all businesses have the capital necessary to shift from full service to self-service. And that brings me to my next correct prediction that a $15 minimum wage would force many small businesses to lay off staff, seeking less costly locations or close altogether. Tragically, these stores, uh, in California in particular, are too numerous to cite in detail stories, too numerous to cite in detail here. So what do we have? We have pubs, we have restaurants, we have bakeries, we have a coffee shop, grocery stores. Look, you've been to grocery stores where you check yourself out. Well, if you have 15 or less, 20 or less, check yourself out. You've been to the giant. You've been, you know, you've got your giant card and you do this and you boop, 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 boop. Put it in the sack, it in the grocery, put it in the buggy and off you go. And you don't even have to talk to somebody unless there's a problem. And that one person manages six or seven. You've been to the, to the big box stores to get your stuff. You've been to those things. And you see that the, the number of self-serve has increased, puts people out of work. Aldi's another great example. We now have an Aldi's in, uh, in, in the town where I live. I love it. I think it's fan-freaking-tastic. Amazing. So, so, you, so you have this. This is something that's real. This is something that's real here. This is really happening. And you've got the leftists who don't have the common sense to look at this and go, hey, what's going on here? I don't recognize this. This is some sort of machine. How much are you having to pay the machine, the robot? You know, not, not all robots are cute. Not all robots are cute. My dog Buckeye is cute. She is cute. But not all robots are cute. I'm just saying The fact of the matter is, this they look at these and they go, "Well, this isn't right. This is this ain't right, man. You guys, this isn't right, man." Well, what did you think was going to happen? What did you think was going to happen? 
What do you, do you think they're going to pay that? They're just going to pay that? Why not? Let's just pay it. Let's let's pay that. Yeah, we're going to charge. Uh, we have to charge a whole bunch more money for all our food in our in our primary target market. Well, they're not. You know. They're not going to. They're not going to. They're not going to do it. They can't. They're not going to do it. They can't do it. They're they're not they're not going to be able to do it. This is this is this is simple, folks. McDonald's doesn't operate on a big margin. They don't. They don't. And let me just say this: I'm I'm not advocating for McDonald's. But I'm also not one of those people that says, you know, oh, I never ate McDonald's. Oh, no. I'm, you know, I'm above that. First of all, people that say that are liars. They go through the drive-thru. They do go through the drive-thru. They munch on them French fries, which taste good. I don't care what they're made of. Their chicken nuggets, their quarter pounder cheese. All that stuff. They do all that. They lie if they say they don't. They do it. Now, you don't feel good after you eat it. I don't. I get a hankering for it. I get it. And then I'm like, ooh, why did I do that? I say it in that voice too. Ooh, why did I do that? So here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is the problem that we have. We cannot. We 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 can't have this conversation with them. We can't do it. We just can't do it. This is not something we can do. We we are not in a position to have that conversation because we're talking to people who can't be talked to. They just can't be talked to. And we're going to take a call from Mitchell. I'm sorry, I'm I'm running out of time here. Uh, we have. I don't know how many calls it says. I can't count them up really quick, but one has held on for a long time, about 10 minutes. And uh, his name is Mitchell. He says he's from Atlanta. And Mitchell wants to talk about the communist left endangering America. Hey, Mitchell, thank you for calling. Hey, thanks, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing all right, doing all right. For the last uh, 15 years, I've been exposing the communist China and the ideology of the, 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 the communist dictatorship that has infiltrated and seeped into and influenced the communist leftist liberal millennials of America. And I have seen a terrible um, endangerment of especially the millennials, especially these, these dumbed-down these, these dumb uh, little nincompoops who are all about political co correctness and the Second Amendment, taking away the Second Amendment and being triggered, and now in the universities taking down the American flag. I was, I just became an American citizen three years ago, so three weeks ago, four weeks ago, and I am proud to live in a country where you can speak what you want to say and have the freedom and the right to express your uh, two grievances and have the right to offend. And I can tell you right now, over, over, over our dead bodies, in terms of patriots, will we ever give up our guns 
and will we ever be forced or mandated to say what they want us to say? And I just see a terrible, terrible endangerment of our constitution, of our republic, of our values as American citizens by the communist leftist liberals. They are incredibly hypocritical, have no compassion, are very intolerant, and then they have the audacity to spread that hate and call us racists and call us domestic terrorists, uh, whoever has voted for Trump or um, other uh, uh, patriotic uh, uh, leaders. So I just wanted to share that with you. Where Where did you come from? And by the way, congratulations on becoming a citizen. Thank you. I come from South Africa, and my my uh, my profession, my expertise lies in lie in exposing the Chinese communist regime's uh, crimes against humanity and the forced organ harvesting atrocity that is going on right now in China basically killing millions of innocent spiritual people, sending them to, to hospitals, state mandated, their organs cut out of their bodies while alive, and then the bodies are uh, burned in the crematories and the organs sold for millions, hundreds of thousands of dollars, has led to multi-millions of dollars of profiteering uh, from the communist regime. And I started to get into uh, um, international politics and international human rights at a very early age. So coming from South Africa, dealing with communist China, and then living in America, I can see clearly what is going on with the left. And don't let them fool you, because they're a bunch of absolute hypocrites and cowards. And the political correctness, these are Marxist ideologies, these are Marxist tools sir, to take away and destroy the fabric of the United States, the last great empire, basically, that is on the verge of collapse. Thank God we had, uh, thank God God saved us from the devil, basically, with Trump. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I see yeah. it. I see it clearly. I see it clearly, and you know, it's just mind-boggling to me. But the communist regime and the communist ideologies and the Marxist nonsense that has been seeped in and, and been encouraged by the communist national network, which is CNN and the NBC, MSNBC, and NBC and CBS and ABC. They're all a bunch of idiots, and it's not going to last much longer. So, you know, just keep, whoever's, whoever's listening out there, just keep your hopes alive, keep your patriotism strong, and keep your guns by your side because, uh, you know, this is America. Love it or leave it. And to burn the American flag, you know, that's the great thing about America. You have the right to say what you want to say. You have the right to offend. You have the right to make fun of people. You have the right to have the burn the American flag, even though you're an, you're, you're an, you're an absolute uh, prick, an idiot to do that and basically spitting on the graves of the American men and women who have given their lives to, to, to help and protect you. So you can thrive and you can study what you want to study and meditate how you want to meditate and look on the internet. But um, anyway, I just wanted to say that to you and thank you very much for allowing me to speak. <laughs> oh, it's my pleasure, Mitchell. We'll have you on again when we have more time. I, uh, I've marked you as a preferred caller. So you will be, uh, when you pop up again, we'll be good to go. And I appreciate you calling in. Thank you for coming. We're glad to have you as a new citizen of our country. Thank you, sir. And if you ever have time to uh, to look into what, what I'm doing, uh, stoporganharvesting.org. That's what I'm actually doing. And it's a very I'll tell you what, go, go to, I do want to learn more about that. Go to uh, the ninjapastor.com. Go to the contact me okay. page. Click on that and okay. send me that. I definitely want to look into that and we'll have you on again. Thank you so much for calling. Thank you so much. Take care, man. Take care. So, so there you have it. Somebody's from South Africa, and now they live in Atlanta, Georgia. And they're telling you, look, I'll tell you what, I'm having a lady on here. Her name is Loretta. She's from Italy. 
And Loretta from Italy, uh, you know, she's she's uh, almost 80 years old. She saw entire families get murdered by the Nazis. She she saw uh, so many things. You just can't imagine the things that she saw. Just terrible things. And sh and she's an American citizen now. And she says, you know, how could these people? How could they throw trash? How could they? How could they burn a flag that that their own people died to give win? And she said it brings her to tears. Well, it brings me to tears too. I tell you all the time about when I go to Arlington, I see familiar names there, and I've made friends with lots of people walking through there, and I can tell you it's a sobering, sobering thing, America. Let's stay in the fight. Let's stay together. Let's not fuss over who Donald Trump is picking, who he's not picking. Let's not fuss over that. We need to stay focused. One quick plug, Center for Self-Governance.com. I'm telling you, you've got to go there. TheNinjaPastor.com. Follow me at TheNinjaPastor and also on Instagram at TheNinjaPastor as well. God bless you. Thank you for joining. Please share this show with all your friends. Bye-bye now. Join us next time for The Collision of Faith and Politics. And please follow this show at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash The Ninja Pastor. And follow Dr. Sean on Twitter at The Ninja Pastor and on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash God in Country Radio and at www dot dr sean greener dot com in the meantime dr sean will be fighting for you and for this great country thank you for joining in this fight